I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming to you live from Atlanta, but raised on the mean streets of Philly. You'll be able to tell quickly. Just listen. It's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, I think you'll be able to figure out pretty quickly, like, where I came from, what I'm made of, if you haven't listened to the show before. The John Kincaid Show here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm coming to you live by, from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. If you want to see your loan options, adjust payments and closing costs online in real time, Rocket can. They do a great job. Thank you, Rocket Mortgage, for being a part of the John Kincaid Show and being a part of things here. A young kid from Broomall, Pennsylvania, would never have thought that this was even, would ever have thought that this was possible. To be sitting here behind a microphone talking to affiliates all over the country, people listening on satellite radio on Sirius XM 206, people listening on the radio.com app, I could never even have thought that unless some woman told me that it could happen. And I just want to say as we begin this hour of the show, uh, I know Betty's not listening on the Radio.com app this morning. I know she's probably she's probably not listening. Talked to her yesterday, but my mom's going to be 91 years old on Tuesday. And just talking to her, is an education. And she's assured me living through how crappy this year's been. And she's been pretty much holed up in her apartment. And my mom doesn't live in like a senior living facility. I guess that's thankful considering how bad things have been across the country with, uh, the, with the virus. My mom has her own apartment, you know, lives in an apartment building just for normal people. And she's been stuck in there for a lot of, the pandemic and she finally broke herself out of, you know, weeks ago and she gets out of the, uh, the apartment, gets some fresh air, gets out. My brother takes her shopping or something and she gets out and she enjoys a little bit of life. But she says at 91 and, and she told my daughter, so as bad as this year's been, my mom says, I assure you it can get much worse. She was born at the stock market crash raised in the Great Depression, lived through the Second World War. She's been through it all. And she says to my daughter, 
oh, it can get worse. Honey, this can get much worse than this is. Right now, we have food on the tables. We have roofs over our head. People are out there. This has been a really, really tough year. But we're rebounding, and we're rebounding strong. And we will again. But there's lessons from our elderly that we learn every day. And I thank my mom because of the fact that every time I told her as a young kid, I wanted to be like this guy in Philly that, you know, some of you may have heard over the years, Howard Eskin. I wanted to be Howard Eskin. And my mom said, you're going to be bigger than Howard Eskin. Now, Howard does not want to hear that because he's the king. So Howard's the king. But uh, that's what my mom would tell me. You're going to be bigger than him. Don't worry about it. As we get started this hour, do you realize by this time in two weeks, we're going to be getting ready for the first NFL Sunday? You're going to see NFL teams playing for the very first time. And I don't know about you, but I'm in two emotions right now as I look toward to the NFL season. One, it's anticipation with anxiousness. Is everything going to go right? Is everything going to go right? Are the testing protocols going to hold? Are players going to do the right things? Is an NFL team going to end up being the Marlins and screw things up for everybody because they can't follow the protocols? Are we going to have a St. Louis Cardinals situation happen? A Cleveland Indians pitching staff situation happen? So that anxiousness. But I also feel bewildered that I feel I've got no pulse on what this NFL season is going to bring because I haven't seen any preseason. And I am somebody who derides the NFL preseason. Hates it. Hates preseason games. Hardly watches preseason games. I'd say over the course of, if there's four preseason games, I'm probably watching four to six quarters of football straight through. And so I don't know what to expect this year. I know one thing I'm going to expect is injury. I'm going to expect a lot of injuries. I don't think it's going to be a very healthy year in the NFL. I don't think you can go through these training camps, which, by the way, honestly, they look like dance recitals compared to what the NFL training camps used to be. I remember going over and watching Dan Reeves training camps over in South Carolina on the campus of Furman. And he'd have the Atlanta Falcons out there and they'd be doing every other day was a two a day. So you'd have one, then you'd have two practices, then you'd have one practice, then you'd have two practices. And I'm talking about Southern swamp heat. I mean, really bad. Your shirt's wet. Five minutes outside, your shirt's wet. That, to me, is what's really, really difficult to handle. Is that trying to get a handle on how are these teams going to be prepared for this year? And I keep hearing, well, veteran coaching staffs. That's what you should look for. A veteran coaching staff is going to do better. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure this season isn't going to be the biggest crapshoot of all time. And next week, we'll lay out our playoff teams for you. We'll lay it out. We'll tell you where we're going as far as who we think is going to win the Super Bowl and everything like that next week on the show. We already told you the teams that would make the playoffs and wouldn't make the playoffs. So we'll get to some of that. 
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Our toll-free line sponsored by Geico. Did you know Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies right now on top of what Geico could already be saving you? What are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more today. Uh, gentleman says, uh, Anthony, you'll be the power of the show. You know, we all talk about the platform that we have. Andrew sends an email and he says he is having Stouffer's lasagna for breakfast. After hearing me talk about going out to an Italian dinner tonight, he's having Stouffer's lasagna for breakfast. I've never had a lasagna for breakfast before. Have you decided am, on what you're having for dinner tonight? Oh, I'm already looking at it. Yeah, I'm already looking at the menu. I know I'm having the butternut squash ravioli. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Okay, here's what I would suggest again. Jerry Palm joins us, by the way, to talk college football uh, 20 minutes past the hour. What's your brand? What is your brand? Is your brand a provocateur? Do you love angstful debates? You know that I do. You know that I love it. Is your brand to be more centrist? Don't offend people. Is your brand to be bold and brash? Roll the dice. Always aggressive. Everybody has a personal brand. When you're in the public eye, everyone can pretty much identify what your brand is. But it's one of the things that I think has just sort of been lost in 2020 is what you've got to do first is take care of your brand first. What do you do best? What do you do best? What is it? Do you have the best chicken restaurant in town? So do you then say, we are, we, we are jam-packed. We can't fit any more people in here on a daily basis. But now what we're going to do is we're adding hamburgers to the menu. You got a successful business model. What's your brand? Why are people coming to you? Understand what the brand is. I think a lot of professional athletes have lost that. They understand their personal brand. But what they don't realize is unless you are potentially LeBron James or maybe Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi is honestly so disinteresting, like just no interest at all. Seems like he's not even enthused to be there. Great player, but just not enthused with letting you know who he is or otherwise. There's very few people that get you in a team sport, that get you to the television, that get you to buy a ticket. There are very few Jordans, Shaqs, Kobe's, LeBron's. So the brand that you're actually coming for is NBA. The brand you're actually coming for is NFL. I know when I go to the NFL, I'm going to be entertained. I know the games are are relatively close all the time. I know there's competitive balance. All the different things that define it. The brand isn't an individual. And I think a lot of athletes right now are thinking their brand, the individual brand, is what people come for. I'd flat out tell you right now, our our own Anthony Pierna, huge fan of the New York Jets. Huge. I mean, you're, you're a big Jets fan. Would you say Jets is your number one or number two, Anthony? No, Mets are number one. 
Okay, so Mets are number one. Okay, let's let's just use your Mets. Is there anyone the Mets could get rid of? The Mets make a deal at the trade deadline tomorrow to trade Jacob Degrom. <laughs> I know it would piss you off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next April, are you a Mets fan? Yes, I'm still a Mets fan. Correct. You see, the Jacob Degrom personal brand is awesome, and you love the Jacob Degrom personal brand. But the brand is the New York Mets. What did Jerry Seinfeld say? We root for laundry. We root for laundry. He's our guy. That's who we root for. The guy wearing our laundry. I think a lot of players have forgotten that. We're not coming to the tent for you personally. Very few times. What we're coming to the tent for is the brand of the sport. John in Northern Virginia joins us. John, welcome to the John Kincaid Show. How are you? I'm not too bad. How you doing, John? I'm doing all right, man. Not too bad. I like that answer. Yeah, I'm actually driving up to the beach right now. I'm going up to uh, Belmar, New Jersey. Spend the, spend the day with my bro, brother on the beach. Um, so not a bad day. Everything's good. There you go. Good to hear it. Uh, so, so you made a comment. Actually, a lot of people made a lot of good comments while I was waiting um, about the police being forced to live in their own communities. And it, I mean, it's, it's an interesting point, but like, how are you going to – require some kid to just want to live in northeast or west Baltimore where, you know, he might have a target on his back. How about this? I'm going to tell you that my brother was in the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department in Tampa, Florida for 28 years. Okay. He had to live in zip codes that were serving the area. Okay. I mean, it so he had to sense. live. He had to live. He had to live where in the area where he worked, like because at that point, you have to live where you understand the neighborhood, that the neighborhoods that you work in. And in many, by the way, in many jurisdictions, that's the, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And honestly, I think in areas like Baltimore, and I, by the way, I love Baltimore. And I loved it when I lived in Philly. I loved going down to Baltimore. It's a much rougher place today than it was. But I do believe that that's something that's missing is in the, polit- in, in, in the, the, the political culture we live in. There's a lot of people who say, well, you can't live there. I, I personally believe Baltimore can bounce back. Like, I believe it can bounce back. Because I've seen communities bounce back. I've seen bad neighborhoods. Believe me, when I went to Temple University in Philadelphia in the 80s, nobody went to downtown Philly ever. Unfortunately, with their mayor now, we're seeing a lot of things that are keeping people from wanting to go to downtown Philly now. But I appreciate your call. Caesar. In Dallas, two weeks from today, Cowboys start their season. And, Caesar, we can go back to hating each other. <laughs> yeah, it's about that time, John. Uh, but I don't know. You think we're going to have an advantage now that we're going to have fans and uh, the rest of the NFC East is not going to have fans? Guess what? If the Dallas Cowboys – I can't believe I'm going to say this. If the Dallas Cowboys allow fans in their stadium, it shouldn't matter about any other team in the national in the NFC East – Cry me a well, freaking know, river. Cry me a well, river, know, and that, that includes Jerry, my Eagles. Jerry Jones came on Monday, you know, over here in our 105.3 The Fan. Sure. Saying, you know, uh, Greg Abbott gave him the green light, you know, to have an, uh, yes. uh, having fans in the setting. You know, and I guess what? Pretty, it's a good job, you know. I think you can allow, you know, a few couple thousand. Like eight, no, they're going to allow like 15,000 to 20,000 people, I believe, in a stadium that holds like 100,000. And guess yeah, what? Yeah. You can do that. It's awesome. You can do that. And by the way, I've heard, I got to tell you, 
I've heard some of my peers that do radio in Philly crying about this. Guess what? Tell your elected leaders to realize that the rest of the world and the rest of the country is moving on and doing it responsibly and smart. Guess what? If my Eagles have no fans in the stands and the Cowboys have fans in the stands, good for you. Good for you. And, and you know, like like you said, uh, you know, back a few months ago, you know, there's always going to be two types of people. And, you know, yep. and this is going to bring me to my next subject, you know, talking about boycotting and, you know, the NBA and all that. You know, I, I, I agree with you, but, you know, there's people that are going to twist it the wrong way. You know, there's people that are going to look at it, oh, so you don't support Black Lives then because you don't want them, uh, you know, you, you, you don't what? support them. Don't, uh, don't let them, don't, then don't let them twist you. You know what I mean? Don't let them twist you. I mean, is it, I don't, you can say, like, how about this? You can say the statement, Black Lives Matter, and believe it with all your heart. And you can go and read the Black Lives Matter website, everything that the organization stands for, and you can find two or three things that you disagree with. But you agree correct, correct. with the, but you agree with the overall statement that Black yeah. Lives Matter. There's a big difference. You don't have to support the organization to support the cause and the, the cause belief, that. you know? Caesar, yeah. you're the best uh, man. Thank you, buddy. One more, I gotta one more thing, I gotta run. I gotta run, I gotta run, I gotta run. I'll get you next time. Get you next time. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports, covering college sports, uh, is right in the middle of Big Ten country. I wonder if he thinks there could be a backtracking going on. We'll get to it next. It's the John Kincaid Show. This is CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. Welcome back to the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, I don't have a lot of hair on the back of my neck. I have a lot of hair on top of my head, though. But it's standing on end right now. Just knowing that college football's in earnest about to begin. J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. He lives in the heart of Big Ten country. He knows that like the back of his hand, Jerry Palm from CBS Sports. And Jerry, as this story continues to unfold with the Big Ten, do you believe that we're going to see the Big Ten playing in the fall or would you say attempt a winter season or none at all? Um, I don't think they'll play in 2020. They're, they're, I don't know, the coaches are starting to talk about playing the Thanksgiving, but that would be ridiculous. Um, if you're going to play in the fall, play at the beginning of the fall. <laughs> Playing and starting to play games that you know don't matter to a conference or a college football championship at Thanksgiving when everybody else is doing that would be foolish. Uh, so if they're going to play, they're going to play in 2021. And uh, but it's you know they're still working out details. And you know frankly, the only person who's come up and and talked about a plan to play college football in 2021 is Purdue coach Jeff Brom, um, at least, you know, said it out loud in public. You know, obviously people are working behind the scenes, but everything that you hear is basically rumor. And, and then until somebody says something, it's just rumor. I can't imagine that um, they're, what the Big Ten schools, what the Big Ten chancellors and otherwise are going to feel like when they see other conferences, major conferences playing. And if, like, Baseball, not in a bubble. Soccer, not in a bubble. If they watch those sports be successful, 
I think they're going to. I think there's going to be the worst buyer's remorse we've ever seen as far as the decision going down. Maybe if that's if really that's the worst thing that happens. That's still great because if we can play college football safely in the fall, if these schools are able to manage to do it and get through a season with, there's not going to be no disruption. That's just not reasonable. But with little little disruption yes. and they're able to get it done then what that means is that everything else can go forward. Correct. So, so that's why, great. <laughs> why that's would, why would, why would intelligent participate? That's still a success. So, well, so why that, would the, that means we have college basketball. Sure. If they can play in the spring, if they want, you know, it's so, yeah, they, but you know, they're making decisions based on the best information that they have. But on the a, thing is, on though, a virus where the study of it is in its infancy still. And, you know, it's, you're going to have uh, reasonable, smart, well-intentioned people disagreeing on what you should do. The only problem is, is that the the science that they were relying—I mean, they've had enough people step out and say to them, even from Big Ten institutions, say to them, this whole myocarditis thing—if that's being thrown out there as the reason not to play—there's been enough. That's been debunked. That that should not be the reason you don't play. And that's well, what I'm. Sure I'm su- that's not the only reason. You know, well, I mean, but, well, I, I guarantee you there's more to it, it appears. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. saw Amy Klobuchar and Governor Whitmer. I think we're seeing there's more to it, right? Right. They were very, yeah. they were very clear they didn't want it. And maybe they didn't want it for bad optics. I'm not going to assume they, they did it with some evil intent. But maybe no. they didn't want bad optics, you know what I mean? Uh, I think they're really, their primary intent is to protect the players. It's just, you know, what are the ways to do that that are, you know, most effective and for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the Mountain West and the MAC, they all feel the best way to do it is to not play this fall. How many Big Ten schools? Don't... How many Big Ten schools are in school? The vast majority of them, right? Well, students uh, on campus. Students on campus. My son is at Purdue. Is he we really? Him, yep, we moved him down uh, a week ago. Uh, but they're doing. He's got, uh, I think, five classes. Two of them are fully online, and the others are at least partially online. So it's it's not. So it's like hybrid. I don't, I don't think any of the Big Ten schools are. Everybody's on campus, and everybody's going to every class. I no, don't but think every, anybody's doing that. But everybody's on campus. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think a lot of people are on campus. Purdue. I, I, no, I but I mean the campuses are open because my son is there, and ha- Purdue gave students an option to do all online or. You know, come to campus and uh, and be on campus and to, you know take classes in class that are in class and you, but you still like I said my son still has I think two classes that are fully online uh, even though he's on campus. Sure. So, uh, but yeah. there are some students that opted not to come to campus and can still do that. Well, if the stu- it just is the whole meaning is if you're bringing students to campus. Even if they're mm-hmm. taking their classes online, you're still bringing large groups of people yep. together, living in close quarters. It's strange. Now, when you look at the world of college football, um, there's going to be there's. I've seen some people speculate is well, maybe uh, you could let the 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 three te- the three conferences that are playing they shouldn't have a college football playoff. What do you think about it? I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it'd be if if you were down to just a couple of conferences playing and you really didn't have that many teams fine, but you still got seventy six teams playing and three major conferences and they want to have a playoff, that's fine. Uh, I did bowl projections this week for 
Uh, you know, How hard was that, by the way? Uh, well, there are 41 bowls still scheduled to be played. That's 82 teams and only 76 are playing. So I had to improvise a little bit. Uh, I took out four bowls that are contracted between the four conferences that are not playing, like the, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit is Big Ten Mac. Took that one out. You know, there, there were three other bowls like that. And uh, so then I get down to 74, and I put all the two teams in a game. <laughs> and the, the thing about the bowls in the playoffs is they don't have to decide now. Correct. You know, if college football can be played safely and we get to early November, then they can decide which of any of these bowl games they want to play. Uh, if we can't get there, they're going to go away on their own. So the Bulls don't have to decide now. Uh, they can watch the football season play out. And, and, you know, ESPN will have a lot to say about it because they own a bunch of games, at least a dozen, and televised most of them. So when it comes down to that, they'll probably have a big say in who plays and who doesn't. Do you believe there is any long-lasting damage to the Big Ten and Pac-12? Nope. If they don't nope. play? No. 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 Uh, it's, you know, I, I saw people say that you know, nobody will play for a Big Ten school. Well, I think like, that's you know, ridiculous. One, yeah, I mean, the players got to go somewhere. <laughs> you know, there's, there's only so many scholarships at these other schools, right? It's not like all of a sudden Ohio State's, you know, not going to be an attractive place to play because they didn't play this fall. That's, that's ridiculous. It's um, and we're not seeing that now. I mean, people thought, well, people will transfer in droves. Well, you know, we've had 50 transfers that, you know, according to 24/7 Sports, what I've been able to glean from there, 50 people enter the transfer portal. One of those, because his school wasn't playing football, a tackle from UCLA whose name escapes me, who's transferring to Baylor so he can play this fall. He's the only guy that cited that as a reason. I'd say as long as uh, Alabama and Clemson are playing this year, then. They can have a college football playoff, right? Yeah, Ohio State I would mean, have definitely been a factor. Would have been, they would have been one of the playoff teams. Playoff. Sure, absolutely. But, they would have been one of the teams. That's the Who'd... only team, real, you know, that we looking at it before the season. Ohio State's the only team that's not playing that you would have thought was a likely playoff contender. So if I said to you the three conferences that are playing right now, that are going to play right now, scheduled to play right now, who would you tell me would be the most likely four playoff teams? Well, my projection was uh, Clemson and Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, Alabama and Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, the semifinals. Man. Um, but certainly, you know, Florida's got a shot. I wouldn't rule out somebody like North Carolina or Notre Dame, uh, Texas. If Texas is finally back, you know, Texas would be a, a player in that as well. Lots of those uh, playoff teams, but those would be the four favorites to me. There you go. Good job. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. And, and congratulations to your son. Starting out the college career. That's awesome. Great job, buddy. Become a member of the J.K. Twitter Army and listen now at John Kincaid. Love it when you do the John Kincaid Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Love John Tesh. Thank you, John Tesh, for creating that amazing theme. And just bringing some of that energy, even though they use it now in Fox College Basketball with my man Mike Hill. The uh, NBA bubble has been an interesting experiment in so many different ways. Ben Steiner covers the uh, NBA for the big lead, plus the Court Vision podcast with Jameer Nelson, St. Joe's own, as uh, he joins me now on the John Kincaid Show. Good morning, Ben. How are you? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Ben. I got to tell you that uh, I have I've enjoyed the bubble for so many different storylines. 
for the for the hoops itself, which is my number one reason for wanting to pay attention to it, for the 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 just the real world type of you know Big Brother type idea of being locked down at the Grand Floridian, which honestly I've stayed there many times. I wouldn't mind staying a month myself, but I'd want my family there. So many different storylines, and then the whole social justice storylines, which have been sort of fascinating to watch. Do you believe? that the NBA is, has been enough about the basketball is my first question for you. Yeah. I mean, if, if anyone has watched this closely, I think the way they are even locked down, I'm, I'm, I'm even jealous of a lot of people that are there. It's, it's, you're seeing an amazing product right now. I mean, this is some of the best basketball I have seen in a long time. I mean, they are all, because all that matters there, like in the actual bubble, like all, you know, in the actual bubble, obviously the social justice things outside of the bubble, but in the bubble, they are there for basketball and basketball only. And so everyone is just so focused on the game, on the craft, and we're seeing an amazing product because of it. It's been fun. I mean, it, it really has. It, it has been fun to set aside my 76ers wetting the bed uh, in their Disney diapers. That was absolutely, absolutely terrible. When you look at the – there's one team that fascinates me more than any because I can't believe that every single year people tend to buy in to the Houston Rockets. I refuse. Am I going to potentially look dumb in a couple of weeks? That's a good one. My, my question for you, you know, when I, when I answer would be, is how do you believe about James Harden? How, what do you think he's at? My, my opinion on the Rockets is they're a very good team. They're a fun team. They're going to make some noise, but you're probably going to be right in the end. They are not going to make it too, too far. I mean, maybe the second round, maybe the Western Conference Finals, but they're not going to end up holding the trophy at the end of the year. And my question back to you would be, where do you rank James Harden as the top five, top six player in the world? Well, I think he's – it's weird because I, I don't – I look at him as he has the ability to take over a game as much as almost any NBA player that, that's in there. What I see, though, is I don't believe that, is, that his style of play is necessarily complementary to a team that – to the other four guys on the court to win a championship. And maybe, and maybe I'll be proven wrong at some point. Maybe they're going to make a run to the finals. I hear I, a lot of people are telling me that I'm just going to be a skeptic until the end on the on the Rockets. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, I love the Rockets because I want to see them do well. I mean, they are one of the most fun they're teams fun to, to watch. To watch. Yes. yeah, absolutely. James Harden, James Harden to me is the top five player in the world. I mean, that's how that's how highly I think of James Harden. It's more about I think it's more about the style of play and the coaching. I, I can't. I made a joke to somebody the other day with a joke. But it was more like, what are they even game plan? <laughs> do they just say, say we're going to go space the floor tonight? I mean, what are they even really game plan on offense? It's pretty much just stand in the corner and wait for Harden to pass you the ball. So does that? I don't think that style can work in the playoffs like you said. Do you believe that the, the Lakers or the Clippers today are better suited and built to win a championship today? Oh, I, I shift on this all the time recently. I mean, the whole season I thought Clippers – I briefly thought Lakers, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my original opinion of the Clippers. Lakers. I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad to hear you say that because I've done the same thing. I've been like Waffle House here in Atlanta, and I'm waffling back and forth on this all over again. I can't I can't keep my 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 opinion straight on this. I've done the same thing as you. It's and I'm in Atlanta too, so I have the same Waffle House vibes going on here. It's it's look it's. LeBron James is still probably the best player in the world. I don't think that's debatable. I, I just look at his surrounding cast. AD played great last night. Anthony Davis is big time. Will he step up in all these big moments? Hopefully. 
But that depth, that depth, I don't know if they have that depth the Clippers have. You could go 10 guys deep on that Clippers team, maybe even more. So that, that's, that's the big thing. But also, Paul George has got to show up for the Clippers. Paul George has got to show up. I heard somebody telling me last night on, I don't know if it was TNT's coverage or ESPN on one of the shows, saying that uh, they believe that the Clippers have a coaching edge over people. Do you see that oh, same yeah. coaching? You see that same coaching edge? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Stra- Strategic-wise? Strategic-wise. I mean, you, I mean you, got, you got Doc Rivers, you got Tyron Lue. I, I, I think that that's the, I think it's the easy edge over the, the Lakers. Hey, the Lakers have been coached well. Vogel has been a great sure job. Sure, they have. Yes. And, and LeBron James, and everyone knows LeBron James is going is to put his opinion in as well. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a fine job. Ben, I was just talking about the podcast and saying I think better than any professional sport, the NBA has the best array of podcasts. The as far as guys doing their guys doing their thing, like you and Jameer Nelson doing something is different than what uh, you know Dame Lillard wants to do or anybody else wants to do. They, there are so many different creative ways that NBA guys are marketing themselves in the podcast form. Oh, that's a great point. And you look at the guys on TV, uh, the guys doing their own companies. These, you know, the NBA has really prepared a lot of guys for after after career or even during career media ventures, business ventures. It's really fun to see what they've been up to these days with everyone. That's why I try to help Shaq, you know, raise his profile by doing a podcast with him. He was an, un- he was an unknown before he met me. You know, it's nice to just lend a little of my stardom to him, which I would help with. Uh, tell me about the Eastern Conference because I totally have missed the boat on the Toronto Raptors going into the season. During the season, I climbed on board and said, wow. But I, I never understood that how a team could lose a player like Kawhi Leonard and dare me to say that they might look a little better than last year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not alone there, Mr. Miller. I mean, I thought, I thought there was a chance that they wouldn't make the playoffs because of a championship hangover, losing Kawhi Leonard, and, and just everything that went on. It's a, it's, a, it's a grueling grind when you win a championship and, and then to lose your best player as well. But they are – you talk about a well-coached team. Nick Nurse has proven to be a fantastic coach. Kyle Lowry is still underrated to this day. I don't know how. And then Pascal Siakam has literally been the Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Pascal Siakam, he, he may not be a household name yet, but he's coming for that because this, this dude is, is unbelievable. I mean, he literally plays just like Kawhi Leonard. Tell me why Nick Nurse is a great coach. Well, I mean, you look at this team, the way they play defense and the way they play team defense and team basketball, you, you don't just find that in the NBA. I mean, it's almost like you're watching a good, you know, a Virginia college basketball team. I mean, they are – the way they rotate, the way they you know spread the floor on offense, the way they attack on defense, it's it's that that's pure coaching. It really is. It's an, it's absolutely awesome. So, if Toronto is a serious threat to the Bucks, or do you think that the matchup might not be to their benefit? Well, I, they're 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 a threat because because we've seen what happens to Giannis at times during the playoffs. I don't think the Bucks are going to make the finals like a lot of people. Wow. I'm big on the Miami Heat. I'm big on the Miami Heat. That's, oh, my that's gosh. My I love bold. On. That's bold. I like it. Yeah. I, I've said I covered a game down there in December. I was in, I mean, I was only there for a little bit, but their team camaraderie, I've watched them very closely. I mean, they, they really enjoy being around each other. They've got guys who don't even know that, you know, they've got guys who don't even know that they're supposed to lose, if that makes sense. You know, these, these second-round picks, the undrafted guys, you know, a lot of guys come into the playoffs like, oh, we're supposed to lose to the Bucs or we're supposed to lose to the Celtics. 
these guys don't have that mentality. They, 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 they think they belong in any, in any stage, and I love that about them. They're, they'll go against anybody. These young guys, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and they're so young they don't even know they don't belong, if that makes sense. Like, they're just going to go at it head on, and I think they've got a legitimate chance behind Jimmy Butler, who's superstar, and Bam Adebayo, to make a really good run. And then the last thing on them is, so what a good coach. Eric Spolster is a great coach. He really is. And I'll tell you, I've always underscored his his you know i guess expertise and and i feel and i feel dumb now that uh that i've done that but i'll raise my hand that i was always like is it spolstra is he he never seemed that impactful he's seeming impactful now him nick nurse and others just doing a, a great great job there what is the um, what is the vibe on the utah jazz i mean that's a that's that's a t- talk about a team that i barely ever watch like when I'm picking out what games to DVR each week to make sure that I'm watching the biggest teams, I watch enough of the Utah Jazz, and in the bubble I've watched them, and I've been really impressed. I missed the boat on them. Yeah, well, what we also missed out is, hey, every year that playoff series, when, when they go to Utah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a tough, tough environment to play in. I mean, that, 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 that's, I think one player told me the other day, that's one of the toughest places to play. So, they, they, you know, they, see, other teams lucked out that they didn't have to go to Utah. But, yeah, the, the actual team – uh, the team itself, I mean, Donovan Mitchell has just been so mature since he entered the NBA. I mean, he's still 23, 24 years old. He comes in at 21, 22, takes him to the playoffs. I mean, he, he's, he doesn't get enough credit. You're right. And a lot of people don't, don't DVR the Jazz. They don't watch the Jazz enough, but they play team basketball. I mean, Rudy Gobert is a great defender, uh, great, great overall like system team. They're not dominated by one player. Of course, Mitchell can do, can do his thing, drop 50, but they're a team-oriented club. And again, another good coach is Quinn Snyder. He uh, was assistant for the Hawks at one point, and he came over to the Jazz and has done a great job as their head coach. He really has. He's done a, a fantastic job. Ben, I appreciate it. Good luck with the podcast, and I appreciate you making time for me this morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ben. Ben Steiner joining us here, JK Show, CBS Sports Radio. Did you ever stop liking one of your favorite players of all time? Like one of your favorite players for your favorite team. Did you ever stop liking them? Anthony, have you ever had a player that you were like a big fan of and they were still on your team, but something about them started rubbing you the wrong way and you didn't like them anymore? I can't say I have. Did you see what Jason Peters reportedly is trying to do? What's he trying to do? Well, he signed a one-year, $3 million contract to play guard for the Eagles. Well, now Andre Dillard goes down injured, the left tackle. So the Eagles are like, we'll move, we'll move Jason Peters over to left tackle back to his old position. And he says, well, then I want a big raise. That to me, that, that to me is, no, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. And though I understand his point of view, the Eagles didn't want him back this year. As a left tackle, they didn't want to pay him what he would have potentially had to make. So they get him to come back. He comes back. He wasn't finding a better offer out there, by the way. They get him to come back at the one-year, $3 million deal, and now he wants a raise, reportedly wants a raise. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. You don't come in. Your contract doesn't say you're being paid to play this position. This is what what your contract says is how much you agree to play for. They can play you anywhere. They can play you. They can play you anywhere. 
you agree to play. That's the whole idea. That would leave a very, uh, very, very bad taste in my mouth. Gentleman says here, John, you're being way too tough on the Big Ten. The Big Ten is going to end up being right in this whole thing. He said, we all know baseball is eventually going to fall apart here. College football will never even get off the ground. My prediction is that the SEC will not even play a game. Wow. So baseball is going to fall apart? Baseball? I should say, he says, it's only a matter of time till baseball falls apart. To use exact wordings. Really? I think baseball's falling apart? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Especially if Major League Baseball, for their three final playoff series, division series, championship series, and then World Series, goes to play in a bubble. Man, you're, you're much more pessimistic than I am. I... I think they look like they've got a pretty strong business model going. All right, we got one hour left on the show. Russ Tucker will stop by and join us then. George Hill, stop lying to me. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.